There it is for all to see. Yes, <laughs> I missed the golden opportunity to make them in the series. I bow my head in shame. <laughs> Welcome to Celebrity Search Engine with me, Abby McCarthy. We've been scouring the internet high and wide and looking at those Google autofill suggestions to find the questions the world most want answered about their favourite celebs. Every week, we're bringing a new guest onto the podcast to face up to the Celebrity Search Engine. We've got the all-important questions. Hopefully, they'll have the answers. Things could get very lively from now on in. When we started out this podcast, we wanted to get names from across the whole spectrum of entertainment, and today's guest hits that mark. She's a choreographer, theatre director, talent scout, and former dancer. But most of you will know her from her incredible work as the sassiest judge on Strictly Come Dancing. It's Arlene Phillips, everybody. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Arlene Phillips, CBE, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to chat. Yes, I am very excited to have you, except I'm slightly nervous that partway through I'm going to get a critique and a mark out of 10 because that's when I see you. I can't not think of Strictly, but of course, you're more than that. You're a total showbiz legend. So do you have a favourite thing that you've worked on or is that a bit like choosing a favourite child? It's definitely like choosing a favourite child, but I think a favourite thing, I think... Possibly always will be Andrew Lloyd Webber's um, Starlight Express. It was a great opportunity, not just to choreograph a musical, but a musical on skates. And, you know, other than the pandemic, it would still be running in Germany nearly 40 years later. So, yeah, pretty epic in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And you've choreographed so many hit musicals. We're talking Grease, Saturday Night Fever, We Will Rock You, the film Annie as well, uh, and even music videos for Duran Duran. So do you look back and, and sort of pinch yourself at some of these moments? Like, were you a big Duran Duran fan, for example, and you kind of couldn't believe you were involved? I was actually a Duran Duran fan, and I couldn't believe I was involved, not just because it was one of my favorite music video directors, Russell Mulcahy, who uh, asked me to do it, we actually had a two-week rehearsal. 
And normally for any dance video, you usually get the morning before you shoot, uh, you know, 6, 7 a.m. and you quickly going <laughs> together. So this was, was fantastic. And rhythmically and visually, I think that that track and what we did was so extraordinary and so ahead of its time. Um, I think it will, again, live with me as one of the highlights of my career. Yeah, you've got so many highlights. I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? All the other musicals as well. What moments stand out for you from from them? Well, I think, you know, you you mentioned Annie, the film, and not only was I going to spend a year in Los Angeles um, choreographing a film, it was a massive, massive film, but I was working with the legendary John Houston, who I first met when we were both invited from the UK to New York for a production meeting. And our producer, Ray Stark, decided it would be really good if we would travel together to New York and bond on the way there. And we were on Concord. And so it was just like a fantasy, but this was my real life. You know, I was thinking, that little girl from Manchester, what is she doing here? <laughs> John Houston. And so he started telling me incredible stories you know, that will live with me forever. And just before we came into land, he said, by the way, I hate kids. I hate <laughs> dogs. So you're just going to have to deal with them. And I was Brilliant. like, going to make this film about kids and dogs and you <laughs> hate them. And it was <laughs> a moment that just like, wow, <laughs> I'm going to have a good time on this. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to have your work cut out, that's for sure. And I yeah. was reading that you're you're developing a new musical at the moment, What's New Pussycat, which incorporates the music, of course, of the legend that is Tom Jones. Tell me about this. It sounds great. Oh, it's so exciting. It's based on the historical Tom Jones, the book. It's set in the 60s. It has all of those famous songs that Tom Jones sang so well. And it's a lot of fun and it's totally nuts. And anything that's that it's a little bit different, you know, always tempts me. But I think what an unknown is one of the first jobs I had when I came to London was dancing on a pilot for the Tom Jones series. And I got picked to as a feature dancer to do this big dance with Juliet Prowse on a table with Tom Jones singing away. And it was just, you know, it was like a, a dream that, that was my dream. And there's Tom Jones and I'm singing and he's singing and I'm dancing. Um, you know, there, it's a long time since I've, you know, actually even spoken a word to Tom Jones. So I can't wait when we all get together and say, you may not remember this, I was the girl on the table. Oh, I'm sure he'll love that. That's the thing. You must meet so many interesting, huge characters at, you know, premieres of these musicals and at showbiz events because we all, we've seen you there, Arlene, looking great. So has there been anybody that you've met that you kind of almost can't quite believe it? Anyone that you're a massive fan of and you're just like, oh, wow, they're here too? Not so much at events, but the first time I met Freddie Mercury, I... I nearly fell down the stairs to the basement that I had to go to for the meeting. Uh, and 
I, I, my legs were giving way. I thought, you know, could somebody open the door and was taking me down the stairs. And I thought, I am going to go into a room and actually meet the God that Freddie Mercury is. Um, I think that that's possibly the shakiest I've ever been. I mean, I can kind of understand why. That's, that's a huge one. Yeah. And then, you know, working on more videos with him, you know, to be invited to the house, to, to parties. It was just, it was just um, an incredible moment in my life. And I've had lots of those, but meeting Freddie was one of the shakiest. <laughs> You're going to have to release a book at some point with all these titles, I think. But are you a big music fan then? Obviously, we're, we're talking about Freddie Mercury and Queen, but... What are you listening to at home? Like, are you are you a huge music fan? Aside from all the musical stuff, I'm sure you're you're dancing around to at home on a regular basis. Yeah, at the moment, I'm having a lot of fun with Ollie Years, Years and Years. Oh, Just great! It's fun. It's easy. The voice. You know, and his warmth, the warmth he generates. I mean, mm. not just because I was totally in love with It's a Sin, but oh. I like his music and, and Bruno Mars. I like something that just relaxes me and I feel like I can move to, but I don't have to dance hard. Oh, we have to talk about It's a Sin, though, because, as you say, what an incredible show. I don't think I'll ever be over it. It's such a a powerful story, isn't it? And, and very important too. I, w- I don't think I'll ever be over it. Um, I met Russell T Davies when I worked on a BBC version of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, yeah, cross-gender. And it was, it was just, again, one of those great highlights, working with the man himself and we remained always in touch. And then... I knew that he was writing It's a Sin and I knew what it was about, but everybody's had different reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have long hidden away all of the things that I went through during the AIDS, AIDS crisis. And even at the start of it, when people didn't know its name, and I was working on a movie called Can't Stop the Music with the Village People in LA and the legendary producer Alan Carr. And our writer got sick, photographer got sick, people were getting sick and nobody knew they would kind of go in and out of hospital, strange markings on their arms. And gradually by, uh, when I came back in 1980, from 79 I was there, I came home for Christmas went back to do the edit on the film in 1980 and people had started dying and friends um, were sick and someone that was very close to me was very ill and then Mm. passed away. Then I came back to London where very close friends were getting sick and then in Germany. And so my life, I felt kind of somewhat like a Jill. I was collecting these people and you know, one of the biggest loves of my life ever in my entire life um, passed away. And and I think gradually I closed up and closed the doors to that part of my life where I mm-hmm. felt like I was on an aeroplane visiting somebody, helping somebody there and back, country to country. Um, and it opened it up. It opened, it opened the floodgates. 
it opened the doors and I have been now kept not just remembering but writing down those experiences and writing down the the knowledge and and actually realizing what I went through. I never thought about it as me. I only thought about it being them. But I do now realize the the effects and the toll and the heartbreak, which was just endless. And and I think that's the thing about it, Susan, because it made you realize the tragedy that was happening, but also the tragedy for those that were involved. And I never thought about it before. I always thought it's nothing, you know, it's not about me. Mm. Actually, I realize how the damage is there. I feel like we could talk about it's a sin all day, but I'm going to stop you there. But I, I did wonder, what do you do in your downtime? I'm sure you don't have a lot of it. You're a busy lady that does lots of different things. But what do you enjoy doing? Is it is it TV? Is it trash telly now and again? And no, I'm not, I'm not very much. I'm really not into reality TV. I like a good drama. Um you know, that, that, that really, really, really gets me when I'm looking forward to that hour, that moment. Um, occasionally I binge watch. I'm not a, you know, a vast binge watcher. And it's generally I binge watch something that I've started, therefore I'll finish, as they say, and then I'll just binge watch it because I'll get to the end. Mm-hmm. But when it's like a line of duty, oh. Like the, the preparation, the, the build-up, that moment you sit down. And the thing is, when I watch television, I've always got a notebook in my hand, the computer over here. I've got a lot going on and I'm watching like with a bit of one eye. I always say I'm a Gemini, I can do two things at once. When I get something where, not, you know, it's like everybody's like, sit down, no one speak, then that's what excites me. Now we've got the nice bits over, it's time to load up the celebrity search engine. So this is where it gets a bit more lively. So let me explain how the rest of the podcast is going to work. We've been through the internet and we found a load of stuff that people really want to know about you, Arlene. And it's your job to settle those debates, give us those all important answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so first up are the who questions. So of course, the easy starter question, Who is Arlene Phillips? Oh, she's a little girl from Manchester and grew up, you know, without two shoes to rub together. (laughs) And um, suddenly she found a way with all her drive to create something, a dance group called Hot Gossip, which blew the TV uh, apart. They'd never seen anything like it. It was very sexy, very edgy, and there were a lot of people that didn't like it and complained. But that Arlene Phillips had no idea that it would launch her into an amazing career and an amazing life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's the that's the thing, isn't it? You were you were a girl with a dream, and and here you are still with a a stellar career. And by the looks of it, you're not slowing down anytime soon. So. <laughs> Love it. Okay. The next thing that people have been Googling is who replaced Arlene Phillips. I don't think they mean in, in life. I think this is a, is a nod to Strictly. Uh, what, what can you tell us about this time? It was a very, very unhappy time. Mm-hmm. And again, um, what happened? My manager 
um, who was the one that was there when I created Hot Gossip. We were very close, very close friends, passed away, and I was in a dreadful state. And the following morning at 7.05, my phone rang, and I picked up my phone, and the caller said, Ah, hello, Arlene Phillips. I said, yes. I said, this is Five Live. We want to we want to know how you feel about being replaced on Strictly Come Dancing by Alicia Dixon. And I just went, I'm really sorry. I've had a bereavement. I can't talk now. And I put the phone down. Mm. What are they talking about? And so my heart began to beat really fast because I thought it would be something to do with, you know, the loss of Michael Somerton. So I thought the best thing to do is just get up, get out of bed, walk, walk around. It's too early to call anybody. So, so walk around the bedroom and I pulled the blinds up into my bedroom and I looked out on the road and there were photographers, vans, reporters. The outside of my house was, my was surrounded and I tried to call various people at the BBC and couple of them answered and said, oh, I've just got to, one said, I've got to take my boy to school. And it sort of went, went from there. And I was so at a loss, not just because I love Strictly passionately and I didn't know what was going on, but also because of the bereavement. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was one of the lowest times in my life. Yeah, it sounds like it was it was all handled really badly. Do you still watch the programme or do you find it almost a little bit difficult at times? No, I've not, the, the thing is, I never watch the programme, even when I was on it. Right. And I never watch full-on kind of reality TV. But what I do watch, and I did then, and I, you know, still do, is like, a lot of the couples or I'll just go on, you know, on my computer and I'll just watch online some of the great dances. But that's the way I watch any reality TV, whether it's, you know, Britain's Got Talent, whatever it might be, Dancing on Ice. I could not sit through one and a half to two hours of, you know, the kind of longers of those kind of programmes. But it's nothing to do with being strictly, it's to do with the way I like to watch so how did your strictly story start do you remember the moment that you sort of got the got sent the pitch for it and you thought oh yeah that sounds like quite a good show i'm up for that well interestingly enough it was michael Sumpton, my manager got in touch with me and said darling the bbc want to see you they've got some 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 program it's about dancing are, are you interested said, well what's it about he he's well it's it's something you know it's like it was like the old come dancing but they're going to change it and i said and what do they want me to do? They want you to be a judge, darling. I said, oh, no, I'm a choreographer. You know, no. And I said, no, three times. And they came wow. back and said, oh, well, we, we just go and do the pilot. We're going to do a pilot. And if you, why, why don't you just go? And if you don't like it, then obviously we'll say no. But it might be fun, darling. So I <laughs> went to do this pilot and Len Goodman was there. There was another sort of judge standing person. And um, and there were some of the dancers we know. Anton was there. Brendan was there. 
a couple of celebrities, Natasha was there, then a whole lot of other people standing in either as celebrities or as dancers. And it felt like chaos. And then Len turned to me and he said, Paul, oh, don't know about this. Are you going to do it? I said, I don't know. Are you? He said, oh, I don't know. I'll do it if you do it. You know, Brilliant. And then we both agreed to do it. And that, that's how it all started. I almost didn't do it. And it was one of the most exciting things I've done in my life. I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved being a judge. I loved kind of helping celebrities. Yes, I was, I could be sharp. I could be dismissive. I could be all of those things uh, that judges do. But I also feel like I helped a lot of people find their love of dance and improve every week. Yeah, definitely. And that must be quite a, quite a rewarding thing. Okay, uh, the next question is, who is Arlene Phillips married to? Are you married? No, I am with a lifelong partner called Angus. And um, we don't share the same interests at all. I mean... Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, he loves gardening. He loves the countryside. He, you know, loves walking the dog, the animals. And I'm always busy in my world of dance. Um, but we are really close. We're going, you know... When we could, we would see films together. We do like watching the same thing. Um, he's an avid reader, and I sort of read as, as I'm doing something else. Um, I love books. You know, I never seem to have the time. And, and we just get on really, really, really well together. Oh, I love that. So has, has Angus got some moves? Have you taught him a little bit of, a little bit of pizzazz? Absolutely not. He, is, he will never dance in public. I mean, not at his feet, but occasionally does a little shimmy at home. But that's yeah. Oh. He's he's really funny because when you know I go to opening nights of musicals, and he said, "Be honest, will I enjoy it?" And I have to think very hard. I, you know, he'll go to every play, but I'm very careful not to say. Uh, come if it's a musical I don't think he'll like because he'll be too honest to the people he should <laughs> yeah I suppose you've got to be a little bit careful there <laughs> it's, yeah it's just a little bit easier if I go with one of my daughters yeah okay the next question that people want to know is who has Arlene Phillips worked with I mean we've already spoken about some of the people but do you want to pick out a couple of others that you've really enjoyed working with? Um, I love the fact that I've worked with Tom Cruise on the film of Legend. He's quite extraordinary um, in that you, you, you think that big stars are going to just kind of live this great fantasy life. Um, and... You know, but on his day off, on Sundays, he would just have a few of us around, very low-key, very, you know, afternoon tea, not being like Tom Cruise everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he's, very, he's very questioning, so he's very rewarding to work with when you can give him, you know, the answers that, that he, wa you know, he wants or work together with. I think that was pretty um, exciting. And I think Whitney Houston. Oh, wow. 
Whitney, I did her, her second video, um, which was How Will I Know, which was the first video where she had to kind of move in and dance in. And she was so shy, so uncomfortable in her physicality, worried about her feet, looking too big, um, what, you know, full of worries and just how much she'd have to move in the video. And it was kind of gentle easing into it. And then, you know, a few months later, I went to New York to do I Want to Dance with Somebody. And there was a completely different Whitney, you know, give me the moves. It was, it was just, it was like, you know, a, a light bulb was, uh, had, had ignited and she was ready to take on all the fame and the adulation and the, uh, the, the adoration, you know, of people. And it was lovely. It was just, again, delightful experience. Mm. Working with all these divas and, and big personalities, how is that? I'm sure sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge. It's, it can be a real, real challenge. Very often on music videos, you know, unless you've got someone who is a great dancer, they want to lead the dance moves, you know, Michael Jackson and Madonna, they, they lead the video with their moves. Um, often you have to really encourage people because their managers want them to be seen, that they can dance or that they, they can dance. I had the opportunity to work with Diana Ross, who was not very keen to, to dance that much. And the opening was a sort of black and white Motownish thing, and she was really at ease with that. Then came the like the dramatic bit when she'd been set on fire, fireworks everywhere, and she really had to move and dance. And she was a little bit like, you know, do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? And I said, well, let's find some things that you want to do. So it was a slow encouragement um, to get her to do what I want, and. She's she's quite grand, you know. Mm. They call me Miss Ross. Um, but by the end of the very long day, it was about midnight, when suddenly Miss Ross became Diana and was everybody's friend. And you know, she had a limousine waiting. We were filming outside, and the limousine were, was warm, and she invited all the boy dancers to come in with her. And it was a real breakthrough. And I I just knew that. You know, the day we'd gone through, there was this kind of warmth at the end. That's really lovely. Yeah. You worked with uh, Monty Python as well. And you said it was it was quite difficult because they they didn't get on. They didn't get on. And also, you know, I was, uh, which has happened before, like the only female in the creative team. So sometimes it feels like a battle, you know, but. I first worked uh, with them on the film The Meaning of Life, particularly with the wonderful, wonderful um, one of the creators and directors, Terry Jones, who I absolutely loved and adored and he's brilliant. And that was such, such fun. And then I went on to do um, uh, Wind in the Willows with Terry. And then I'd stayed quite um, in touch with them, and, and particularly Eric Idle, and he then asked me to do their reunion show at the O2, where all of the Pythons are getting back, and there was this kind of 
this made up, this coming together. And it was a massive, massive show. And Eric was directing that. I was choreographing. We had the best time together. And then I continued to work with him on a TV and plotting something else. And we've remained very, very, very close. But um, yeah, that was one of the craziest times. And I, what I love about it is working with Eric and having worked with Cherry Jones is, you know, their comedy timing and they tell you all the tricks. So even though you're choreographing, you're learning so much about comedy. And as you touched on there, there must have been times you walked onto sets and maybe either you were the only woman or there was maybe only only a few of you. So how did you find that? Obviously, in the industry is is ever changing now and is and is much more diverse, isn't it? But but when you started, was that a little bit intimidating? It it was intimidating. Um, even you know, Starlight Express was an all-male team. And I know you shouldn't really think about it. You know, as a woman, you are there um, on equal standing. But sometimes if you want to make a point that no one particularly wants to hear, for me, I felt like I was shouted down. And in some senses now, I think, no, I wasn't really, because everybody calls me she who must be obeyed. So obviously, I made some impact, some impression. But it is nice, you know, um, with uh, with the, with this force that is coming in, that women creatives are now a fact. Whereas for many, many, many years, I was the only woman on a creative team. Right. Okay. It's time to jumble those letters. The who is now turning into how. So people are getting really nosy now. How old is Arlene Phillips? I mean, it's rude to ask a lady's age, isn't it? But don't shoot the messenger. I'm just asking what the people want. I will say that right now I'm 77, but I'm very close to a birthday. So take one giant step up because 78 is coming. Was there an age when you thought, I've made it? I've done so many of the things that I set out to do as that little girl in Manchester. Um. No, I think there was never a time I thought I had made it. There was only a time that I wanted to just continue as long as I could. I think the pandemic might have changed that somewhat. Um, I think it's changed future life for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I now have two granddaughters and it's made me think and giving me time to think during the pandemic how sometimes I worked and I could have been with my children more and I'm sort of living to regret it in 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 some senses so what I want is to make sure that my granddaughters know who I am and that they have a grandma Okay, so we've completed the who's and the how's. Now it's time for a few more of the autofill searches that people have been typing in. And I mean, this one's an obvious one. People are putting in Arlene Phillips, hot gossip, of course, where it all started, how you made your name. So for anybody listening that that doesn't know, tell them everything about hot gossip. Um, I was teaching dance in London and it was in the 70s when television was a lot about, 
you know, step, kick, have fun, you know, bouncy, smiley, happy dancers, probably all about five foot six. Uh, and I was, I'm like five foot three just. Um, and I thought, there's another world. This dance on television isn't representing what's out there. Clubs, sexy clothes, this, this world of, of, of change going on in the 70s. So I thought, right, I'm going to bring that into my dance. And I was teaching class and I started building in these kind of sexy moves in my class. And then I thought, well, why not start a group? Why don't start a dance group that can be on TV? Well, let me tell you, for three years, my dance group, which I put together, we had one gig a week in a club called Monkbury's on German Street that everybody who was anybody went to, went to see but mm -hmm. any TV producer would go, oh, no, you couldn't have that on television, too sexy for TV, <laughs> and, and were horrified and shocked that I could even think that this sex group would be on television. So after <laughs> three years of teaching to support this group, you know, and, you know, getting a few pounds a week, which I'd shared out with the group, and then one night a week, I decided to give up. The moment I decided to give up, a director-producer called David Mallet got in touch with me and said, I've seen a photograph of your dance group, Hot Gossip. I want them for this new TV series called The Kenya Everett Video Show. And um, uh, I want to book you now. And I said, we haven't seen them dance. So I, don't, I don't care how they dance. If they dance like they look, I'm quite happy. And so the next thing is, I've been hired as a choreographer on television. I was actually going to earn some money the dancers had all been hired and our first show went out and the shock reverberated around the country. And a woman called Mary Whitehouse, who was a self-proclaimed protector of public morals, complained about us, the Houses of Parliament, front page news and hot gossip. Went up into the charts with a hit single with Sarah Brighton, one of hot gossip. Oh my and goodness. Yep. And that's it. And the rest is history, as they say. Uh, this is an interesting one. Was Arlene Phillips in Benidorm? I mean, I haven't found proof of it. Where has this come from? <laughs> I wasn't in Benidorm and I've never been to Benidorm. Maybe they mentioned my name, but no. Maybe they did. I wish I was. I'd love to do <laughs> Benidorm. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any programmes that you'd love to make a cameo in? Um, I'd love to make a cameo in Coronation Street. Oh, of course. <laughs> Good Northern Soap, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'd love to pop in. All right. I think now we've said it, I'm sure. I'm sure it will happen. Look out for the call. The next question is, what is Arlene Phillips doing now? So what projects coming up can you tell us about? Oh, I can tell you about what's new Pussycat because I'm doing that in Birmingham to, uh, in uh, October, it opens. I am putting on a, the tour of Greece, which is uh, really exciting with Peter Andre as Teen Angel. Next year, I am directing The Share Show, which I am screaming about because yes. I love Share. She is the iconic woman. Yeah. And the show is so fabulously exciting. Great. And then 
possibly most exciting of all is on June the 7th at the Duchess Theatre, I am doing my own show with hosted by Lavoie, the most incredible, stunning queen you could imagine, and telling lots of hot gossip, lots of life stories, a little bit of a move, and we're going to share some fun. And that's kind of my launch back into theatre. Um, um, because on the 16th of June at the London Palladium, I've got a concert of hair with all the hot young, you know, YouTube amazing stars that have been in and Juliet and Six and, you know, wonderful, wonderful stars. So I'm busy. It's like life has come back full on. Yeah, you're busy and you're working with all the best Huns. I love to see it. Yeah, but my hair, my hair cast is just super, super, super. OK, it's time for a break now. Arlene wants to grade my Argentine tango. That's going to happen while you lot listen to some lovely adverts. I'll see you soon. If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen. Listen, bitch. Oh, Listen, make, make, make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Bill is in the I, I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both. <laughs> for the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for music in my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm so let's glad go. no one can see me right now because I'm doing. I was doing some weird dance moves. Yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> Prefer a deep chat? Connie's got you covered on How Are You, the Wellbeing Podcast. I just became a lot more productive and happier. Mm. And for me, like, that's just worth it. The Weekly Roast, Music in My Life, and How Are You? Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. 
It's time for Internet Tombola. So this is where we dig deeper into the internet, past the world of autofill and into social media, YouTube and even tabloid papers. So let's give the wheel a spin then and see what it lands on. Okay, it stopped on Instagram. It's from a few weeks ago and it's you with a pixie cut in the 1960s wearing this short flowery dress and apparently it's only Ridley Scott behind the camera. I mean, tell me the juice on this story. Tell me the juice on this photo. When I had um, uh, arrived in London and I had nowhere to live, a friend of mine was very, very close to Ridley Scott. And she said, oh, Ridley's looking for somebody to do living, a bit of house cleaning, you know, take care of the babe whenever um, he goes out with his wife. Mm. And um, so there I was at Ridley Scott. And then I needed some photographs because I was going to, you know, try and get into dance and I had no photographs and really said he'll take some hence that photograph shot by Ridley Scott amazing absolutely amazing I mean as one of the comments says destined for fame early on it's yeah it's amazing such a look you can see how the how I think desperately shy I was at the time you know I I was not comfortable being photographed now don't give it down. <laughs> now she loves it. Okay, let's spin it again. It's landed on headlines. This one is from the Daily Mail. This is a really funny one, actually. He's not even an option. How Ed Sheeran was brutally snubbed during awkward 2008 dance audition for TV musical A16. Oh. The video is absolutely hilarious so it's an audition isn't it for a teen series called Britannia Ed sings and and the judges are you know impressed and then Arlene you're not not quite as uh impressed by his dance moves are you it was a series called Britannia High that I was um one of the creators of and it was creators of and it was my idea and the characters, there were six leading characters, and those characters were written. Um, and actually also a Pixie Lot audition um, as well. A lot of, you know, little stars audition. And um, in the roles, there was a musician, uh, and that had already been filmed, filmed that part. So it was like... Could it be Ed? Could it be this other boy who actually also became well-known on Broadway? Oh, right. And, um, it, was, it was his dance. He was really uncomfortable with his dance and his movement. And I recognised, of course, his extraordinary talent. Also, I had an inkling already that he had been signed to a record company. But so I was like... For that dancing role, as it was, music and dance, it was never going to happen. So I said the truth. Um, but listening to him sing, I remember the moment, and I don't know if it's in the film, of when I listened to him sing and play the guitar, and I was absolutely sobbing with emotion. Oh. So it, the truth is, I recognised 
his unbelievable talent. So did the casting director. And, you know, there it is for all to see. Yes, <laughs> I miss I miss the golden opportunity to make Adam in the series. I bow my head in shame. <laughs> no, I'm with you, though. Those dance moves are wooden. They make me look like I can dance, honestly. They're the, they're the absolute worst. So have you bumped into to Ed since? I haven't. No, I haven't. I don't know what it would be like when I do, if I ever I do, but... You know, he's just, I've used his music time and time and time again, countless times to, to, to create, to, to, you know, I love, absolutely love what he, what he does and the sounds he makes. Okay, next it's landed on social media and this is a tweet. It said, I showed my husband some of the hairstyles I was considering for my first haircut in a year. He looks and says, they're a bit edgy. You look like Arlene Phillips. Great. I thought he meant Arlene Foster. (laughs) Do you get that a lot, the mix up? (laughs) I am forever, forever blamed for all sorts of things that Arlene Foster has done. I mean... (laughs) There's times people that, you know, that hate her are always moaning at me. <laughs> Somehow the name Arlene registers with any old Arlene and it usually Arlene Phillips when it isn't. <laughs> That's hilarious. Have you ever considered yourself a style icon? I'm, I don't think for a minute I'm a style icon, but oh. I insist on wearing clothes that, you know, maybe too young for me. I don't care. If I love it, I'll wear it. I'll stick it on this body somehow and I'm not, I'm not bothered at all. And I have some great 70s clothes and 80s clothes that I fit into all of them. But when I do, I love wearing them and I, I collect vintage clothes. So I do have across the ages in my wardrobe. Oh yeah, you've got all the spectrums of glam. I love that. Okay, it's fallen onto Twitter again. There's one tweet that just says, Arlene Phillips is a hun, the best there is. So that's nice, isn't it? That's just a bit of love for you. I love that. And it made me feel like I could be in Drag Race. (laughs) Do you watch that? Are you a big fan? I love Drag Race. And I love the UK version. It's somehow gorgeous and homey and yet fabulous. I'm going to pull out another tweet, though. This one is from your account and made me laugh. Anyone know what time Eurovision finishes? Too much to drink already. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm a huge Eurovision fan. Huge, huge. And I've actually sort of worked on two Eurovisions, um, and it's the best fun. Oh, my God, if I want to have fun from the minute I arrive in the destination, it's just fun and craziness, non-stop, no sleep, but who cares? Um, but, yeah, I, I remember that that moment where I had all the bottles out in front of me and I was, just, you know, ready for Eurovision party. Yeah, got to be done. What is your drink of choice? What's your tipple? Oh, a cocktail. A cocktail tastes, you know, it can have rosin or something, something fabulous. Don't mind how much alcohol 
is in it as long as it tastes good. Okay, like that. Okay, let's do one more final spin then. Yep. It's landed on headlines again. So this one says, Extrictly judge Arlene Phillips reveals her favourite word, fears and celebrity crush. So come on, everyone immediately wants to know your celebrity crush. Who is it? David Tennant. Oh, really? I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. David Tennant, I think, is just... As an actor, as a man, as a... As everything. I, I just love him. I, I'll watch anything he does. Have you met him yet? I have met him once, yes. Okay, yeah. Did you keep it together? No, I didn't. It was, <laughs> we were, we were um, both judges um, for the same award, and I just went right up and kissed him. Couldn't help Love that. It. Yeah, sometimes you've got to just grab the opportunity, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, And that is it for today's podcast. Arlene Phillips, thank you so much and well done for completing Celebrity Search Engine. How did you find it? Um, It was fun. Uh, It was was a lot of fun. I like it because you don't know what what it's going to be and you have to be like on the ball for the answers. (laughs) And hopefully, A, you get them right, B, you haven't said too much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, before I let you go, one more final question. Who would you like to nominate to go through the celebrity search engine experience sometime soon? Maybe a friend of yours or somebody that you search and would like more answers on? Oh, you definitely, definitely have to do it with Lovewell. <gasps> that would be good. I promise you, you will get answers that, that, that no one else could have thought of. Entertainment <laughs> and full on personality. Um, honestly, amazing. I'm in love. <laughs> that is perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Celebrity Search Engine. Go and hit that subscribe or follow button to make sure you don't miss an episode. We've got some amazing guests coming up and you don't want to miss them. Trust me. If you're on Apple Podcasts, then please do drop us a review and a rating. Five stars, please. And let us know in the review or over on social media who you'd like to see next. Arlene Phillips has gone and nominated Lavoie, but who would you like to see? Let us know. We are at Celeb Search Engine over on Instagram. Until next time then, I've been Abby McCarthy and thanks for using the Celebrity Search Engine.